From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your co-host, Ryan Trimble, sitting here in fall weather Dallas, alongside the dapper, Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Happy fall. Good day. Happy fall. I mean, it's really like the new fall <laughs> because we go from 99 to 59 generally yes. within a couple a of days. significant downshift. But I think we're still going to get close to 90. I think end of the week or first part of next week. Yeah. I don't think we're I mean, but, out of the woods. But Friday, the high, I believe, is going to be 62 degrees, which is way away from the 96 degrees from a couple of days. I mean, it's just there's no middle ground there here, is. I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. Although we have had a we had a beautiful day yesterday. This is a beautiful day today. Little, It's about... Four degrees too warm for me, not to be picky, but it is a beautiful day. Beautiful day, beautiful weather, but you're right, Sean. I mean, 30-degree difference. But as you know, I wish there would be some rain because I'd love it for my lawn. I know. um, We have heard about you not getting any rain on your lawn for like three (laughs) straight months now. And and it continues to be apropos that... You can issue that line <laughs> because we can never seem to get any in rain. A classic dad line of that you and I uh, share an affinity for, Sean. But uh, you know, Sean in Dallas, fall. Even though it's 100 degrees out for most of the fall, uh, it means State Fair of Texas time. State Fair of Texas is one of our greatest traditions in this city, and at times. The state fair can be a little controversial. <laughs> However, for me, uh, give me the turkey corn dog, give me jack fries, give me the fried collard greens and fried Oreos, and I'll be a happy camper. Well, you, you, Mrs. Trimble, being a good DFW native, also loves a fair. She went down to the down to the fair yesterday for lunch. Had a delightful veggie corn dog, Sean. I saw. I talked to somebody today who had a veggie corn dog, and I did see on the social media that there was a, I believe, birthday outing, pretty much too. <laughs> yeah, uh, for Miss Trimble at the fair, which they looked yeah. like they were having a grand old time. Uh, they were. They did, and they were, and they will continue to do so. I think we're going to go in a couple weekends. Take. Uh, take the kiddos, see big techs, see some pig races. You get into the pig races, Sean? I cannot say that I'm down with too many pig races, but I do love to do the animal feeding. Uh-huh. I will, you know, get a handful of whatever that crap is that you get in your hands to feed. Feed? <laughs> yeah. feed? Is that what they call feed. that? Yes. Animal feed? Feed. Okay. I'll get animal feed, and I do share that with the animals. Yeah. So I'm down with that. Well, much like the dot race at the Rangers games, uh, no wagering, please. No wagering. Pig races. Well, you know, we are going to have our Allen Media Fair Day here in a couple days. So maybe, you know, we can go and, you know, get a little action, a little side action. Yes, and I'll get you some feed for the animals. I'm down. I mean, I, you know, a whole maybe two cups of feed <laughs> can go a long way in the animal shed. Yeah. You know? So, I, but I'm I'm totally in on the state fair. I will go, which I haven't been yet, 
And it's I, surprising. You I know, know. I you know. Are a, I know. You are a strong, fair people, in my friend. Which means I'm gonna have to go like every day for probably this whole weekend. <laughs> I, I, I'm for sure going Thursday and Friday, and one more day during the weekend. I will have to go because I am totally in on the fair. Yeah, you you are locked in. I you know. I'm a got to Texas as fast as I could kind of guy. Absolutely. And I married into fair fandom. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, hey, look, I have a great time. It's fun. Uh, but I, I guess I just don't have share the same, you know, born in Texas passion for it. Although it is a great thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's super fun. And it does go back. I mean, I can I don't remember going to the fair until and I, and I know that I did. I know my, my mom brought me here, but I don't really remember until I started going to the Prairie View Grambling game, like in the mid 80s. And so those are like my real true earliest memories of the Cotton Bowl when it was, awesome. shall I say, in not as good shape as it is now. <laughs> less capacity. It was less yeah. capacity, less seats, less seat, good seats, yeah. less toilets, yeah. less everything, <laughs> less scoreboards. It was, you know, but it was always a great game. The bands were good, and the fair was memorable. But, you know, th- those are my earliest memories of the fair. And so I guess over the last 30-odd uh, years— You're, you're you know, speaking I mean, of the house that Doak built, right, Sean? It is. I mean, it's where the Cotton Bowl— uh, when it used to be played in the Cotton Bowl, I you know, back well. in those days. Um, I would say one thing that I saw on social media that a lot of people did not know, that I did know, that has been a big part of my fair experience is that your coupons— Last until the next year, or they 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 last forever. Yeah, that's like right. they do not expire. And so if you leave, and I maybe I'll just hang out at the at the end of the, at, right before you go out because people will give you, oh, I'm leaving. Do you want my my coupons? Yes, I will take those. Darn right. And I'll save them until <laughs> next year when I can use them. I like to Man. go into the to the fair with you know a little stash of 20, 30 coupons ahead of time. Uh huh. No, yeah, that that is that is happening in our household uh, as we speak. As we speak, Sean. Well, at the State Fair, you know, one of the most beautiful buildings on the grounds is the Hall of State. And being on the board of the Dallas Historical Society, I am very honored to be uh, one of the custodians of the building as a board of trustee. Uh, And we are very glad today to have the opportunity to talk to the executive director of the Dallas Historical Society, Mr. Carl Chow. Yeah, really excited to jump into today's uh, to today's interview. Sean Carl, um, great man. He's got big energy, uh, great vision for um, the Dallas Historical Society. And thank you, sir, for your service on the board. It's important stuff. Well, that's what we do here, right? We are we are servants <laughs> here on deconstructing Dallas, and you know there are so many great um, so many great pieces of Texas history that exist at the Hall of State and at the Dallas Historical Society. It's not just Dallas artifacts, but throughout the state of Texas. And so I am excited to have Carl come on and share that with us. So we want to take a quick break, but right after that, we'll be back with the executive director of the Dallas Historical Society, Carl Chow. So hang with us and we'll be right back.
Here at Allen Media, we're proud to represent some of the finest organizations across a variety of different industries. And we're proud to welcome Pape Dawson Engineers to that list of outstanding firms. Pape Dawson is one of Texas's finest and most respected engineering firms. And now, the company is expanding its presence here in Dallas. Whether you're looking for civil engineering, transportation, water resources, environmental or surveying projects, Pape Dawson has the experience needed to get the job done. What's more, Pape Dawson is committed to responsible corporate citizenship in the communities they serve. So if you need an engineer, do yourself a favor and call my friend Brad Davis here in Dallas at 214-420-8494 today and tell him Ryan told you to call. Pape Dawson, where the people make the difference. Welcome back. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trumbull. Ryan, I am excited today because an organization that I am a part of uh, was gracious enough to allow their executive director during fair season to come over and hang out with us today. Uh, We want to welcome Carl Chow, who's the executive director of the Dallas Historical Society. Carl, welcome to Deconstructing Dallas. Thank you very much. Thank you all for having me here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Carl, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know, and and even for me, before I became a member of the board of directors, you get confused between Dallas Historical Society, Preservation Dallas, a lot of groups doing a lot of wonderful things, but I've personally been drawn to the mission of the Dallas Historical Society. So can you kind of tell our listeners exactly a little bit about the the organization? Absolutely. So... As you mentioned, there's plenty of historical groups around Dallas, like Preservation Dallas, which deals with physical buildings. Um, there's Dallas Heritage Village, which you know deals with their little part of town. The Dallas Historical Society, we're the main keepers of Dallas history, and what we really do is we're collectors of of the art of the archival works, um, 3D objects um, that have come through Dallas. So, for instance, we have a collection of over three million items um, here at the hall or at the Hall of State in. Fair Park. That's our home. And, you know, of that three million, probably two million of it is, is paper archivals work. So, for instance, Braniff Airlines, all their corporate paperwork we have. We've got telephone directories. We've got, you know, things that go back to the 1890s. Um, but we also have the Dallas Founding Families Bible, uh, the Bryan Family Bible. Um, we because we took that building over in 1938, right after the uh, World Expo in 36, we took over a lot of stuff that was brought in for the for that Texas Centennial. So we have a lot of Texas historical items as well. Um, a lot of stuff related to the Alamo. We've got Davy Crockett's pistol from the Alamo. Hmm. We've got Santa Ana's spurs. Um, we've got the battle flag from the Battle of San Jacinto that was outside of Santa Ana's tent. That's great. So we've collected a lot of Dallas and Texas history, and um, what our goal is to to exhibit it, preserve it, you know, educate future generations about the history of Dallas and Texas. Now, Carl, I think it takes a unique uh, person to come into this role. Tell us about your background. How did you find yourself uh, as the executive director? Well, it's very interesting because um, I've done a lot of stuff in town. I'm, I'm a collector by nature. Uh, I'm an attorney by training. I went to SME Law, practiced for a couple years. Pony up. Pony up, right, 5-0. <laughs> and, oh. um, and then I took over the family office, which was a, a real estate development uh, family office, and built a golf course resort in Florida. So, you know, I've got construction development background. 
I left that um, in 2005 to go run a car dealership because I was buying a lot of cars at the time and collecting them. And so I got asked to be the sales manager of the Bentley Maserati Rolls Royce store in Dallas, which isn't really a car job. It's more like a banker job. <laughs> um, hours are pretty lenient. But um, but while I was there, I met a lot of other Dallas collectors. I mean, guys who collect cars or, you know, it's kind of this gene. You either have it or you don't. Sure. Um, so I did that until 2008 when the world kind of crashed. And in 2010, I went to go start the trust in the State Department for Heritage Auctions. So Heritage Auctions is the you know third largest auction house in the world. Sure. They, But they're only a 40-year-old company. They didn't have all the estates that they wanted. When people passed away, they'd send their stuff straight to Christie's and Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. And um, Heritage was like, we need to get you know people to Get send stuff our way yeah. so I went to start this department for him so I spent most of my time going after collections um, during that time I've served on a lot of boards around town I was on the Dallas Summer Musicals board I was on the Dallas Film Festival you know, really involved in the arts and um, one of the board chair of historical society said hey Carl why don't you come over and join our board and you can chair the collections committee we have a collection of over three million items you kind of know how to manage collections so I've been on this board for six years. I've chaired collections for three. Um, I chaired development for a couple of years. And last year, we needed a new executive director. And, I, and we're in the middle of a bond package with the city. Sure. So I figured, you know, you're looking for development background. You're looking for people who have collections background and someone who knows the organization. Because if we were to go hire outside, it would be a six-month learning curve for the new director. And I know the staff, and I've been doing this. So I thought, you know, I'll take this over, and, and I'll run it. So... A year later, here I am having a blast, and um, you know we're making a lot of strides in, in not just the building itself, but you know we bumped staff up from five people to eleven now. When I started, there was only five people taking care of this three million piece collection and the Hall of State, so it, we were very short staffed. So, Carl, you you've mentioned the the Hall of State, and you mentioned the buy package, and I know um, per your words, you consider and rightfully so. The Hall of State is the third most significant building in Texas. Yes, That's it what is. you say, I right? Call that, I call it the say. third most historic building in Texas. Yeah, right. So Behind um, which? The Alamo, Alamo and then the state capitol. Okay. So, um, you know, but there's a lot of improvements that, that are needed to the building. It's a beautiful building, and I'd encourage folks when you're out for the state fair to definitely drop by just to see the beauty of the building. But what, what based on the bond package, what will people see? What will people be able to notice once we start seeing improvements to the building itself? Well, th- th- a little different than the last bond package we had where it was mostly internal stuff that you couldn't see. This bond package, we are going to completely clean the outside of the building. We're going to restore it to the glory it had in 1936. Because right, that building used to be shiny white building. And now it's it's got a lot, you know, it's pretty dark in certain places and you know, water stains and whatnot. So that's all going to be fixed. So when you walked up to it, it's going to be a whole different building. Also, the interior, there's some, you know, roof issues where the, the ceiling has been, um, I guess, damaged by water because we've had a lot of humidity issues. And so that's all going to be repainted, restored. So it's a it's a pretty big, big deal. Um, you know, this bond package was $14 million. We could probably use another 15 in addition to that because the artwork's in there. It's got two of the largest... Uh, paintings on canvas in the world, murals on canvas in the world at the time it was put up. Um, so yeah, this artwork needs restoration, but it's not part of this this bond package. But this bond package will be doing the exterior cleaning, all the doors will be redone, uh, windows will be repainted back to its original color. 
Wow. I mean, that that's really exciting to me. You know, I, I think that you go around town and people can be really flippant and say, oh, Dallas doesn't have any history. We tear it all down or whatever. So just hearing that it's going to be restored to this former glory is exciting to me. Um, tell us a little bit more about your favorite parts of the collection. You say you have three million, doc, three million pieces. What, right. What, talk to us about the, some more of these significant pieces. You say the Santa Ana battle flag. What else? Um, gosh, you know, we stuff that pertained to Dallas. So, you know, Mr. Patton was like the first African-American principal, I guess, head of DISD here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. We have all his papers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you just don't hear about. I mean, Dallas is not that old of a town, relatively sure. speaking. We're talking, you know, 1840s, early 1840s. But um, a lot happened, I guess, in the late 1800s, early 1900s that, you know, prompted Mr. De- uh, Joe De- De- uh, George Dealey to start the Struggle Society. Mm-hmm. Because back in 1922, he said, you know, a lot of our city founders are starting to pass, pass away, so we need to try to keep that history. So he formed a historical society. And um, through the years, we've, you know, things we collected, thing, things like women's garment dresses. We have a whole collection of dresses. Um, as I mentioned with Braniff Airlines, we have their whole collection of the uh, flight attendant outfits the, from the from made by Pucci, <laughs> from the hats to the garments to the shoes, awesome. the whole deal. Um, I mean, Braniff was a Dallas-based airline. Um, you know, the goal is to, to try to start collecting again. And one of the things I've got coming that... Um, we haven't really announced. I guess I'm announcing it today on this podcast All right. nationally. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news is that we've acquired the largest diorama of the Alamo ever made. Wow. It is 24 feet by 14 feet. And when the South Texas room gets finished with the renovation and we open it back up, this Alamo diorama will live permanently in that room. Outstanding. And and this is the whole ba- you can see the whole battle all at one time. And pro- you can probably spend two three hours just staring at it. There's over two thousand handmade figures on this thing. Um, all, not two of them are alike. Um, wow. You've been research. working on this before you became the executive director, weren't you? I mean, you've been working on this for a minute. I, I actually I worked on it right after I got here. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so it's been almost a year. Um, the gentleman that made this diorama made it for the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be some issues down there. And he decided that he was going to go ahead and, and throw it that. away. Mm. And he's spent 18 years of his life, over half a million dollars, putting this thing together. And he was just going to throw it away. And some of his buddies said, no, there was a place in Texas for it. Now, in our main hall, uh, the Hall of Heroes at the Hall of State, we have all the figures from the Alamo. We've, we've got Sam yes. Houston's statue. We've got Travis's statue. So we've got the statues of all the you know big guys that were at the Alamo. So this would fit perfectly with our collection. So we went out and got it, and there's this group called the um, Alamo Society, and most of the members have found out about this. So people are starting to call us, wanting to give us Alamo-related artifacts. So, so hopefully we'll turn that cool. South Texas room into the largest um, exhibit of Alamo, the Battle of Alamo history anywhere, in- including the Alamo in San Antonio. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I could talk for hours with Carl, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, his vision for the Dallas Historical Society. Stick with us.
180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I'm so excited to be joined today by Carl Chow. He's the executive director of the Dallas Historical Society. Carl, uh, we were talking before the break about some of the exciting things going on, but I wanted to know about your vision. You're a, you're about a year into your tenure as executive director. Uh, you know, give us the, uh, I don't know, the five-year plan. Tell us about your vision for the organization. Well, so having stepped in for a year, um, we're on our 97th year, it's 97th birthday. Uh-huh. And um, there was a time in the probably 70s, 80s, you know, this was the organization to be in. And we've kind of lost a little bit, bit of that over the years. And so my goal is to get us to our 100th anniversary. So that'll be two, three years from now. Mm-hmm. And I want us to be back at that same level again, where everybody in town knows exactly who the Dallas Historical Society is. They know what the Hall of State is and they come down to Fair Park. Um, we're now having, we've got a new uh private group running Fair Park, as you know, and so they're doing a lot of marketing for us, um, Spectra. But the goal is to get the Dallas Historical Society back to what it was, 70s, 80s, to where it was the preeminent, you know, social society, historical group out there. And I figured three years is a good amount of time to get that done. Uh, Carl, we had a a really good, talking about bringing people together, we had a really good event uh, last week where we got a sneak peek of the exhibit that's going to be at the Hall of State during the the State Fair. And so organization does host an exhibit each year. I don't don't know if people just come in and think it's a great place to go get shade or not. But each year (laughs) we do have an exhibit. And this year it's the Texas Cinema Exhibit, which... I have to say, and I'm going to let you talk about it, but what I will say it was fantastic when we got a, a sneak peek last year. So can you talk about this year's exhibit that's going to be at the Hall of State throughout the fair, the Texas Cinema Exhibit? Absolutely, Sean. Um, so every year the, the State Fair gives us a kind of a theme, and this year it's Texas Cinema. So what we've done is we're focusing on Texas filmmakers, films shot in Texas, and also actors and actresses that were born in Texas. That's kind of the exhibit. So, you know, when you talk about Texas filmmakers, you're talking, you know, Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Wes Anderson. Even, you know, Tex Avery, who's an award-winning um, illustration artist. It's uh, done a lot of cartoons. Um, when you talk about people born in uh, Texas, we have this one thing up on the main floor where we've got pictures just, you know, flashing of people that were born in Texas. There's about three or 400 um, actors and actresses. And it says where they're born. And you wouldn't know it, but, like, Steve Martin was born in Waco. And Carol Burnett was born in San Antonio. So you can sit yeah. there and just you know stare at that for hours. What we've done is we've made it very interactive this year for this exhibit. We also have a lot of photo opportunities. So you can actually, we've got one wall where we've got Hank of, uh, Hank of the, uh, King of the Hill, where you can get your picture taken with him. We've got... Um, I chose the Matthew McConaughey. Yes, <laughs> and we've got Matthew McConaughey on uh, Dazed and Confused, where he's standing outside of the Emporium. It's we've re- recreated that background with Matthew standing there, so you can get a picture with him. We 
do have a red carpet deal where we have about 30 actors and actresses born in Texas, and you can kind of stand in front of it like a red carpet and get your picture taken there. Um, and then as far as films made in Texas, we partnered up with the Dallas Film Society, and they gave us a 30-minute loop a reel to play downstairs in our auditorium. And this 30-minute loop is every film filmed in Texas up till about 2011, 2012. But it's, what it does is like a 10-second clip. It shows you the title of the film, the year it was made, and which cities in Texas it was filmed in. Huh. And you can sit there, and it, it's, you know, you can be there wow. for... for Five minutes, you can be there for 30 minutes watching the whole thing. Uh-huh. So it's extremely entertaining, and it's just it's interesting to find out how many films were filmed in Waxahachie or, you know, Denton, Texas, or just, you know, Marfa. I yeah. mean, it, films that you never thought would have anything to do with Texas, but were filmed here. Robocop. Robocop. Right. There's a, there's a section of Robocop. There's a whole section that... So in the main exhibit, we have a section on... Um, Alamo films or films filmed at the Alamo when we've got Pee Wee Herman's bike up there so that's something you can get a picture with once again you don't think of that as Texas but it's yeah. Pee Wee riding his bike to the Alamo um, you do think about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that we was have we there. do have a horror section <laughs> we have a section on what they call race films mm-hmm. so Dallas was kind of the place where a lot of the uh, you know African American films were start, you know original films started filming here in Dallas so we have a whole section on that just kind of giving you some background on you know some of the producers directors and and I don't know if you met one of the ladies that was there that night, but her uncle was one of the people that was featured in that exhibit. Oh, and really? they drove up from Corsicana in the African American um, Texas Film Exhibit, and her and a, f- a friend or a cousin they they drove up just to participate and see her, their uncle recognized. That's so. great, and we have a lot of that every year. People that come out because they're somehow associated with the exhibitry. Um, this year, another one that came out was we have a exhibit on Peter Mayhew otherwise mm-hmm. known as Chewbacca mm-hmm. and Mr. Mayhew claimed Texas as his home so right. when the family when the Mayhew Foundation found out we were doing an exhibit you know about him and we've had a whole life size um, cut out of him right. that you can get a picture taken That's with awesome. Chewbacca um, they said we have more stuff to exhibit if you want and they showed up the night of the event and brought us about 30 or 40 pieces to add to the exhibit Oh wow! so we went ahead and, and added that the next day and so <laughs> now it's out there I will be going by because I don't know if you know, but I am a big Star Wars fan. So I will be, be like my first stop when I go to the fair. Yeah, this time. right. Yeah, exactly. Well, Carl, we know we know the fair is a, is a big time for y'all, but uh, you have another event coming up in, in the not too distant future. Tell us about that. Correct. So on November twenty first, we'll have our annual awards for excellence luncheon. Okay. What this does is we celebrate current history makers, people who are making history now. We've been doing this for thirty nine years, and we celebrate it in different categories. It's such as, you know, arts leadership, education, health and science, humanities, philanthropy, sports leadership. And then we always give out a Jubilee History Maker Award for someone who, you know, kind of goes over more than one category. Um, it's, it's a luncheon. It's at the Fairmont Hotel, like I said, uh-huh. on Thursday, November 21st. And um, these people will all be there. Uh, this year's Jubilee History Maker is actually John McKay. Um, after he retired from um, WFAA, he basically has been making history, bringing news to people for the last 15, 20 years. I mean, a lot of people grew up with him. and It's probably been more years than that. Um, so, yeah, so we, we have this great luncheon. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, individuals. For instance, this year's Humanities winner is actually Jubilee Park because of what they've done down here by Fair Park, the way they've transformed the community. They're making history. Um, the Health Science Award winner is actually the Baylor um, Hospital Uterine Transplant Team because they've done the first you know, live birth after yes. uterine transplant. So the team is winning the award. So it's a great way to honor people that um, or groups that are creating history right now but you might not have heard of. 
um, and people that you should know about because they're really doing great things in Dallas. Well, I would definitely encourage people to, you know, find out more if you want to become a sponsor or get tickets or right. get a table. Please come people out to the event. Um, we're tr- working on hopefully trying to get um, one of our other awardees uh, company out there. The the winner this year for the Sports Leadership Award is Norm Hitchkiss. Um, I know he's getting a little older, but um, he's still hanging in there. And he's still we, doing it every day. We That's love right. we love to try to figure out if we can get, you know, the ticket to come join us for that day. So, yeah, absolutely. We love the more people, the better, because it's a wonderful luncheon, and we make it really tight in terms of time. So we get you in at 1130, you're out by one. So if you're, you know, anywhere near downtown area, um, it'd be a great luncheon to attend. It's different than most of the other ones. So we, we definitely want to give people a chance to connect with the organization. And I've pretty much put myself <laughs> in charge from our board for the Pour Yourself in the History events where we can go out over a cocktail and learn about Texas history. And we've had some really great ones uh, throughout the city. But if folks want to get to know the organization, uh, I know there's a great Instagram feed or website. How can they get in contact with Well, our Instagram handle is at Dallas History. Our website is dallashistory.org, www.dallashistory.org. And um, get on there and we've got, you know, all our events listed on there, links where you can become a member. If you join and become a member, then you'll get our emails and um, that keeps you up to date on everything that's going on. You can also uh, find us on Facebook at Dallas, Histor- Dallas Historical Society. That's great. Well, we will uh, look forward to being at the luncheon, checking out the exhibits at the fair, and uh, keeping in touch. I mean, I'm fired up, so you'll be hearing from me again soon, Carl. Sounds good, Ryan. <laughs> well, we'll be uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Constructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Ryan, that was a really great, fun conversation with Carl Chow. Yeah, I was fired up to talk to Carl today. And, uh, you know, we got into it during during some of the breaks about some of the other uh, historical anecdotes in our city, the the, uh, LBJ swearing in. And so uh, Carl was kind to put up with me uh, pestering him about that and other... uh, other artifacts and so thank you Carl for your time and and for all you do and again it was a short commute because we were at our home away from home at the South Dallas Cultural Center shout out to John Spriggins um, for allowing us to utilize the space for the interview today speaking of history Sean uh, and and this is gonna um, come off as not even a humble brag a brag but uh, there is history being made in our city right now by the Southern Methodist University SM, the SMU Mustangs football team uh, I don't know if you know Sean they are six and0 after a triple overtime comeback victory against Tulsa last weekend man I had an opportunity to watch just the fourth quarter and overtime of that game and it was one of the wildest craziest 
most fun games that you will ever see a team down 21 points going into the fourth quarter. But again, I the whole time I felt like they were going to win. Like at no point, even when there was a fumble at the beginning of the second overtime yeah. that was really yeah. like looked like it was just over. I thought, you know what, they're going to miss a field goal here and they'll keep going. <laughs> and lo and behold, they they pulled it out. Yes, well, I'm grateful for your faith. I thought if they could get it to 30 to 16 that uh, they would for sure, for sure have a shot to, you know, at least come back and have a shot to tie it. So, man, what an exciting time. 6-0, and they're ranked 21st in the nation right now. First Last week when they were ranked 24th was the first time they'd been ranked in 30 years. So, um, needless to say, Sean, I am excited. Yeah, I heard a stat, which, you know, we both love stats. And I will have to research this, but I, I believe I heard a stat that teams that in college that go into the fourth quarter down by 21 points were 9 and 3,000 <laughs> in those games. That's right. And that is, I mean, but but it was improbable. And the Cowboys found themselves in a similar situation. That's right. That everything has to go right. But the problem in versus a college, with a college team versus a pro team is somebody else is going to do something wrong. And that's kind of also helped that Tulsa did a few things wrong and, you know, started playing not to, to win. And so, you know, shout out to Coach. Dykes. Um, shout out to the entire athletic department. I know you were able to uh, meet with A.D. Hart last week and get you one of the <laughs> Triple D Mustang hats. I did. I did. He was on Twitter and said, hey, everybody, come on by uh, McAllister's Deli in Lake Highlands. I'm having lunch. And first person to come buy a ticket. And I, of course, have season tickets, which gets yours today. They're still available <laughs> at SMUMustangs.com. Uh, but I went ahead and bought some general admission tickets. And, and thank you. Uh, thank you, Rick. Rick Hart, uh, the great uh, athletic director from SMU for the Triple D City of Dallas SMU running Mustang logo hat. Well, we are uh, thankful for the Dallas's team representing our city. Yes. Uh, they've got a big fan in Mayor Johnson, I tell you. He is <laughs> all in. He's on fire. And we are grateful. So we want to thank everyone for listening to us today here at Deconstructing Dallas. We want to thank Carl Chow from the Dallas Historical Society for coming in and chatting with us today about the Texas cinema exhibit that you can see at the Hall of State at the State Fair. We want to thank our owners here, Jennifer Pascal, Mary Woodleaf. We want to thank our entire Allen Media team. We want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. We want to ask something of you. We want to ask that you would go to your podcast platform of choice, especially those of you who hear us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, even if you are on any of the other platforms, please like Give us a review. Give us some stars. Give us some hearts. Whatever that looks like on your platform, we will take it. And so for Ryan Trimble, who you can find on Twitter at rtrimble15, or you can find me, Sean Williams, at Sean P. Williams. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Adios. Adios.